Um, a university um, suggests that only 8% of people achieve their New Year's resolutions, 8%. And approximately 80% of people's resolutions fail by the second week of February. Anybody made some resolutions and failed? <laughs> That's what they're known for. You make resolutions and they fail. Very few people keep them. I know I've made them and I've kept them for a little while and then they just, by the time my birthday comes, I'm like, I'm done with this. And I'm sure that around the world today, that's what pastors are preaching on. Pastors are preaching on New, Year, New Year's resolutions, setting goals, read your Bible more, spend time with God more, pay your tithes better, go to church better, volunteer in the children's ministry. And those are all good. Please do that. If y'all want to volunteer in the children's ministry, please find me. We need help. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about stuff we don't want to do in 2019, stuff we don't want to take into 2019, and how we can make it a fresh new year. I pray that everybody in this room is not saved. If you are not saved, I would love to talk to you afterwards if you want to know what that means. If you have questions, want to know what Jesus did, I'd love to have lunch with you, meet with you, coffee, whatever. But I pray that all of us are saved. And when you're saved, many of us, some of y'all have incredible testimonies of God redeeming you from crazy stuff. I love hearing stuff. One of my favorite people to hear stuff is from Denise. She, God just, <laughs> you're incredible the way that God has transformed your life. I love hearing stuff stories about you growing up because it's just you, you a lot of y'all I don't know y'all before y'all were saved so it's like a whole different person and I'm like man there's just some cool stories they probably weren't cool when y'all were living them because you know there were struggles and there were hardships and now we can look back and think wow God brought me from there and God has redeemed y'all from uh, some people from alcoholism and drugs and um, cheating on husbands and wives and smoking and cursing and all these huge, big sins. And it's awesome to see God transform you and to make you a new creation, a new creature. creature. But there's also some times that there are some sins that we continue to have in our life, even after being saved. Sometimes we have sins in our life that we hide or keep quiet or we don't even see as a big deal. You know what I mean? A lot of times, they're like the smaller sins. They're the less sins. They're the ones that's not that detrimental. Maybe a little bit of anger, a little bit of jealousy, not loving your neighbor because they're weird, you know, talking about people, all those little sins that, well, they're not that big of a deal. But the Bible is very clear about sin being sin, no matter if it's big or small. And it actually doesn't really say, hey, there's a sin that's this, and there's a sin that's that, and you're fine. That's not how it works. In the eyes of a holy God, even the smallest sin is worth death. It's punishment. Romans 6.23 says, and everybody should know this, many of us know this, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ. The wages of sin is death. doesn't say um, the really big sins, you know, when you kill somebody, you're definitely going to hell, but if you cheat, maybe not. No, sin is, equals death. Isaiah 59.2 uh, says, But your iniquities have separated you from God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that you will not hear. Just one sin separates us from God. Just one. In the scriptures, it doesn't say that there's a such thing as small sins and there's such thing as big sins. It says that God will separate himself from you if you have sin in your life. Even the littlest sins is too big for God to just say, Oh, that's okay. They'll be fine. God cannot, cannot have us a part of his life with any bit of sin. God is too perfect to even allow a little bit of sin. Um, 
In Habakkuk, it says, your eyes are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked shall uh, swallow up those more righteous than ourselves? God cannot tolerate evil. He's not going to be a part of it. So why do we Christians do that? Why do we keep these little sins that we don't think is a big deal? We think a little bit of gossip is not that bad. Because I'm just saying facts. It's still gossip. What about that little bit of anger? Well, they ran me off the road, so I should be able to yell and scream at them. Or belittling people. You know, the ones that um, you do it respectfully, but you still belittle them. Well, I could have done that better, sister, but it's okay. We'll pray for you. Still belittling. Being selfish. That little bit of lie. All those little sins. Not loving people. What about the ones we don't do? Not loving people. Not giving. Not helping. Those are all still sins. And if you say, I don't struggle with those, God redeem me, then look at this scripture. Um, 1 John 1, 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we have deceived ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So if you say you have no sin, you're lying to yourself. It's plain and simple. If you say you have absolutely no sin in your life, the day that God saved you, washed it away, and you never sinned again, you are lying to yourself. Trust me. Um... Maybe you say, well, I'm a little bitter at that person, but it's not, it's not affecting my life. Uh, or um, I, I get angry and upset at my kids and I yell at them. Ooh, yes, Jesus. But that's okay. I can do that. One, when once asked, what is the definition of sin, Billy Graham gave the following answer. A sin is any thought or action that falls short of God's will. Let me say that again. A sin is any thought or action that falls short of God's will. God is perfect, and anything we do that falls short of his perfection is sin. The Bible actually uses a lot of examples or word pictures, and I love this word picture. Um, he uses, it talks about sin as like an archer who misses the target. He um, practices and he uh, pulls back that bow to shoot towards the um, target and he misses it he doesn't hit the bullseye he misses it just a little bit that bullseye is God's will and he misses it just a little bit he still misses it that's like our sin just by a little bit but we're still sinning the same is true of God's sin um if we do not focus on his will and hit that target we fall short and that's something we do, we struggle with. And like I said in the Bible in Romans, for we've all sinned and we've all fallen short. Even when we aren't aware of it, sometimes we commit sins. Are there times that you do things and you're like, I'm sorry, God, I didn't realize I did that. You, things slip out of your mouth, things that you didn't even realize. We all do it. None of us are perfect. Will God be pleased with our jealousy? is um, backbiting in his will, is selfishness in his will, is greed in his will. All these things that we struggle with, we're thinking, they're not that big of a deal. I'm not selling drugs or cheating on my husband or wife, but it's still sin. So why is it that we think that way? Why do we think that there's sins that are good, or there's sins that are small, and there's sins that are bad, uh, bigger? We aren't that bad if we're not cheating on our spouses or if we're not cheating on our taxes or if we're not stealing. If we don't kill somebody, we're not that bad. We go to church, and just because I curse once in a while or just because I'm jealous of so-and-so's nice car, that's okay. But it's not. It's not. Sin is sin, and it weighs you down, and sin changes the person you are. 
Um, whether you believe it or not, it does. Let's use this example of a brick. Allison, this is why the brick was here. It's mine. Allison was like, there's a brick under the podium. That's weird. <laughs> so I know I'm going to throw it at y'all. Just kidding. I need this because it's in my house. This is a brick. Let's re- Let's pretend it's a small sin. This brick is kind of small, and you can carry it around. Let's say it's something small like pride. We have some pride in us. You know, I'm too good for that. I like to have the nicest stuff, and I don't care if I go in debt to have it. It's my pride. I got to look a certain way. I got to be a certain way. I got to have certain friends. And we carry that pride around with us. We carry that sin around with us. doesn't matter um, where we go or what we do. We have that with us. And after a while, it's going to get heavy. Right now, me holding it is nothing. But in two hours, I'm going to get tired. Tomorrow, I'm going to get really tired. And that's what it's like carrying sin. You may think, oh, it's not that heavy at first. But trust me, something just this small will hurt after a while. You ever had a little rock in your shoe? It doesn't hurt at first, and after a while, it does. That's just like sin. And sin not only affects us, but it affects people around us. Can you run and play with your kids carrying this brick? Can you give them bear hugs? Can you hold your spouse's hand holding a brick? Can you cook dinner holding a brick? Can you do all that stuff? That's what it's like to have this sin in your life. It affects your relationships. It affects your spouse, your children, your employment. That's what it's like carrying sin. A little rock, a little brick, but after a while, it's going to get heavy, and it's going to change you. Your arm's going to get weak. Your arm's going to start hurting. It's going to change you physically, but also going to change you uh, mentally, too. That's what sin is exactly like. That pride starts to weigh down on us. And before you know it, you've become so prideful. You have no friends in your life. People don't want to be around you. You're rude. You're arrogant. And you have no one. That's what it is like. Beginning that pride is just a little bit. And then before you know it, it has changed the person you are. It's changed the people you're around. It changes everything. Sin does not just affect you. It affects people around you, no matter how little or big your sin is. That's just how sin works. It will affect you eventually. Maybe you're saying, I'm I'm just struggling a little bit right now, but it'll be fine. No, it will not. It will take control of you, and it will destroy you eventually. Um, Let's look at Matthew 24. Everybody knows the story. It's the rich in the kingdom of God, the rich young ruler. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There's only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, do not steal, you shall not uh, give false testimony, honor your mother and father, and love your neighbor as yourself. All these, he, all these I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. A lot of people preach this about giving, giving, giving. Don't be greedy, don't be greedy. But overall, it's a story about something so simple that kept this man out of eternity. Something, just a dollar bill, 
that added up and kept this man out of eternity. All you needed to do was give your stuff away to help somebody, and it kept you away. And this man, if you looked at him, you probably thought, man, that guy's perfect. He doesn't cheat. He honors his mom and dad. He's never killed anybody. He doesn't lie. That man is going to heaven. But he didn't. It kept him out. Something so small as greed or pride, something so small, but it kept him out of heaven. How many of you have kept those commandments? You've never killed anybody. You don't cheat. You don't um, uh, covet your neighbors. You don't do all these things. So you're definitely going to heaven. But is there that still that little, that little sin that maybe you still struggle with, that little bit of something? Do we want to be like the rich young ruler? Yeah, we have great money or we have um, pride in not sinning and we have great... Um, respect from people around us because, wow, they are so righteous. They're so upright. But is there something in us that may keep us out of eternity? Is there something in us that may be small that we are hiding that's going to keep us out of heaven? Romans 7 says, so I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. We have that sinful nature in us. If you take your child and never discipline them, never teach them, never do anything, they will turn out like they're going to be bad. Let me just say that. <laughs> They're going to be bad. You don't have to teach a kid how to steal. You don't have to teach a kid how to lie, how to do any of that. Kids know that. That's why you have to discipline them. That is in us. We have a sinful nature in us. The enemy wants us. The enemy desires us. If the enemy knows he's not going to get you by wanting you to, uh, tempting you to murder, not many of us are going to want to murder somebody. He will know that he's going to get you by pride or jealousy or not liking your neighbor because of who they live with or who they date or who the color of their skin. The enemy's going to know what to get you with. Um, and maybe you're not struggling with something big, um, but trust and believe that the enemy is trying to find something that he can hit you with. The enemy is working day and night to figure out what can I take so-and-so down with. And it may not be huge like cheating on your spouse, but there's going to be something there, and I'm going to find it. Maybe it's a little bit of anger, or maybe it's uh, lust, or maybe it's judginess. Maybe it's something, but the enemy will find it. And evaluate your life. Look inside. Is there a sin you're struggling with that is maybe a secret? Maybe you haven't felt like it's a big deal. Maybe it's something you've been struggling with for years and years and years, and you're like, it's not that big of a deal. I can handle it. I can handle it. Are you going to be like the rich young ruler? All that, I've kept my life together, but here I am now, and I'm going to miss eternity because of this thing I can't give up. Maybe it's something like pride, anger, jealousy, unforgiveness, or cursing, smoking, gambling. I don't know what it is, but I know a lot of us could say, it could be worse. Stop saying that and give it up. Stop saying that. Don't let that brick keep weighing you down because trust and believe it's going to get heavy. You may be able to hold it now and carry it now, but it will get heavier. 
Billy Graham also said, this is why we need Christ, for only he can forgive us all our sins, and only he can give us life the way we should. We can't forgive ourselves, nor we can change, nor we can nor can we change our hearts and make ourselves better in God's eyes. Only God can do it. We can't do it, but with Christ's help daily, we can do it. We cannot get saved and say, life is good. Check, I'm going to heaven. Yes, you're going to heaven once you get saved, but it is a daily walk with Christ. Daily check yourself. Daily evaluate your life. Daily look inside. If you've ever driven in Lynchburg, you definitely have to get resaved because Lynchburg is ridiculous. <laughs> I work there. It's a mess. People don't know how to drive. But I'm saying you need to daily evaluate your life and say, Holy Spirit, what is there in me that I need to get rid of? God, what today have I done that has hurt you, that's not in your will, that's made you upset? Because I never want to be apart from you, God. And Scripture says, if I have sin in my life, there's a division, and I can't get to you. And I don't know about you, but I want to get to God. I want to be a part of eternity. I want to be with him. We have to figure out what is going to weigh us down. What is that brick that we're carrying? And like I said, if you say you don't have anything, well, good for you, but you're deceiving yourself. You are lying. <laughs> because everybody has something. Everybody. Because it is a daily walk. During our prayer time today, they're going to put some music on in a minute, and it's going to be very different. It's probably going to be make, make yourself a little uncomfortable, but you're going to have to step out and do a little a little out-of-the-box thing. Today during prayer time, I want you to figure out what that sin is that may be boggling you down. And again, if you don't have one, that's between you and Jesus. But what is it? Is it pride? Is it, for me, it is um, complaining. I complain. And that is a sin. Because if I keep complaining, God is going to get mad because God has blessed me. Why am I keep complaining? My life is wonderful. I'm saved. I have a family. Why do I keep complaining about stuff that's ridiculous? That's, that's going to come a sin. That's going to weigh me down. Whatever that sin is, jealousy, pride, lack of respect for your neighbor because they're gay. You can love them. You can respect them. Make sure you tell them about Jesus, but you do not have to hate them. You don't have to call them names. You don't have to turn your nose up to them. Maybe you don't like them because they're the color of their skin. God loves them. Maybe it's um, bitterness because your brother or sister hurt you 27 years ago. Whatever that pride is. Maybe your kids have hurt you. Maybe your neighbor has hurt you. Maybe Pastor Ken has hurt you. Maybe Pastor Ashley has hurt you. Whatever it may be, you need to leave it at the cross. And that's what we're going to do today. I challenge everybody to figure out that inner thing, that sin. And I, pr I ask you to write that on the sheet of paper and tape it to the cross. If you're ready to leave it today. If you're not ready, don't tape it to the cross. Don't be messing with that. Make sure you're real. Because once you tape it to the cross, you're not taking it back with you. Because that's ridiculous. If you're going to give something to God, don't take it back up. That's ridiculous. So if you have that sin, write it on the page. I would get y'all to hammer it to the cross, but I ain't got time for that. And I don't trust some of y'all with nails and hammers. And this is for my kids, too. Y'all guys are old enough to know, too. If you have sin in your life, maybe you're disrespectful to your mom and dad. Maybe you lie. Maybe you cheat at school. Maybe you're a bully at school and you call that little girl who smells bad. Maybe you called her a mean name. Whatever that little sin is, that's still sin. And with that bad stuff in your life, you don't get to go to heaven. I know that's kind of hard, but that's true. So you can do this, too. And whatever that sin is, I challenge you to write it on the sheet of paper Tape it to the cross and get rid of it. Leave it 
at the cross. Go to 2019 as a new person, completely new, without that bitterness, without that jealousy, without that selfishness, without that pride, without that hurt that you've been holding on for 20 years because so-and-so hurt you when they did so-and-so. Let it go. Go into 2009 as a new person. So as George, Bobby, Kenan, Leisha, somebody put some music on, if you need some time to pray about it, pray about it, come to the altar, but then figure out what that sin is, write it on your paper, and leave it, tape it to the cross, and leave it there.